and welcome to this episode of Cargo Facts Connect, the podcast of Cargo Facts, the newsletter record for the air cargo and freighter aircraft industries for over 40 years. I'm your host, Andrew Kreider, Associate Editor of Cargo Facts. And I'm your co-host, Robert Luke, Associate Editor at Cargo Facts. And I'm Jeff Lee, Editor of Cargo Facts. One day we'll just, we'll streamline this, I'll introduce you both as experts. But today I'm going to turn by introducing you, Robert Luke, as expert of Jetstream. Robert, you sat down with Jetstream and you got some cool information. Tell me more. Well, I'll give you a little tidbit because we want the subscribers and listeners to tune into when we do our full article review and question and answer uh, segment with uh, Stuart Claskin, who I do want to thank for making the time to do a follow-up meeting with me as he could not actually sit down during the ISTAT convention last week in San Diego because he was extremely busy with meetings to continue moving Jetstream forward in the uh, turbo prop regional leasing segment. That being said, uh, I learned something interesting news, of course. Uh, I won't spill the juicy portion of the news that I received because that would be kind of gossiping. But for now, we'll just say Jetstream is moving forward in a positive manner. Uh, their Saab 340 fleet is moving strong and is in strong demand. So contrary to the economic outlook, uh, the freighter market outlook, Jetstream is doing very well. Uh, they expect to move at least a minimum of 10 to 12 and perhaps even up to 18 more conversions for this freighter type. Um, they're very confident that this freighter type has at least another 10 to 15 years worth of life left, which is little bit of time if you look at the age of these airframes and they're still in high demand which is you know boating very well for the lease company in addition to that we can expect to see the SOP 2000 prototype uh, not only begin to uh, start distributing out to two customers who I will not name but we'll save it for our Q&A article segment but they're going to be dispersed out this year upon completion of certification with EASA and the FAA so um, I think that's all I'll shed on it as far as our Jetstream information and knowledge right now, but kudos to the Jetstream group. And uh, we look forward to promoting some more good news coming down the pipe for that company as 2023 progresses. Um, I think from there, Andrew, I'll pass it back to you so you can continue informing our viewers and listeners of the latest scoop. To absolve myself of any type of that responsibility, I'm going to ask Jeff about the 737-800. Yeah, well, uh, here's another week, right, where we uh, had, you know, quite a bit of 737-NG activity and more specifically uh, 800s. You know, since last Friday um, when Boeing announced a rather interesting uh, announcement, actually, that they were um, setting up um, another 737-800 BCF conversion line, um, but this is going to be their first uh, in India. Um, now, what we know, India, um, there's a lot of potential for growth uh, in terms of freighter aircraft in India, um, and they are kind of just starting um, this wave of expansion. Um, and obviously, you know, it also is in line with um, companies generally kind of diversifying um, and, you know, setting up factories and other production facilities in India, uh, Southeast Asia, um, as as opposed to just China. And now, of course, the, China is still the heavyweight when it comes to um, conversion facilities and conversion lines. But yeah, in any case, this 
um, new line is going to be in Hyderabad. Um, now we don't know the, f the full details of the timeline and all that, but um, but it is interesting and it is going to be yet another conversion location on the uh, the sort of conversion map. Um, but that, so that was last Friday, but um, this week, um, yeah, we had quite a few um, 737800 items. Um, one of these interesting um, nuggets, uh, I guess, was um, Camex Airlines, um, which launched last year with a single 737-800 BCF. Um, now we know from earlier um, this month that, um, or last month, that the first BCF converted um, in London at the Boeing Gatwick facility, that is an ice lease aircraft, and that will be joining uh, Camex's new subsidiary in Slovenia, um, Camex Adria. But um, now they have also um, taken a 737-800-SF converted by AEI, um, and they're leasing that one from World Star Aviation. Um, interesting thing about this aircraft is that um, it was actually completed last year, I believe, and actually it was previously destined uh, for uh, Compass Cargo in Bulgaria. Now, obviously, that deal um, fell through and didn't happen, and so the, the aircraft had just been sitting in Montpellier in France uh, for a while. Um, we, I mean, we had even seen it painted in the compass colours, but uh, obviously that they had to repaint it um, in Camex's um, livery, and we, I, we've seen that as well. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. And then there aren't that many airlines in the world that have um, more than one 737-800 conversion type. Um, ASL, ASL Group um, is another one that also has BCFs um, and SFs. Um, and DHL, um, obviously the vast majority of their 800s are BDSFs, but they uh, recently just bought two uh, BCFs um, that were returned from SpiceJet in India and that will be going back to India um, for Blue Dart. Um, moving on. Yeah. Jeff, did you mention Bluebird by chance? I Blue was Dart. just curious. Uh, oh, Bluebird, yes. Bluebird also has um, BCFs and SFs. Uh, yeah, thanks for reminding me. Um, so, yeah, but there aren't many, and most people stick with one conversion type um, for obvious reasons. But, um, yeah, it's interesting nonetheless. Um, and then um, also interesting is uh, Central Airlines in China. Um, Pretty fast-growing um, airline, and they um, are also um, growing their seven three seven eight hundred feet. Um, and you know, having just started in twenty um, twenty, they um, will soon be at uh, ten aircraft, um, including four seven three seven eight hundred BCFs, um, and they. Uh, well, first of all, I, I think their livery is. The colorful livery is very interesting and not um, not like most uh, Chinese carriers. Um, but they uh, no, they also hinted that they this won't be the the only um, seven three seven eight hundred edition uh, for them this year. 
um, and as they look to start um, replacing uh, or removing their older um, 300s. So, you know, the BCF is so far at least um, the only 800 conversion type that is in operation in uh, China among, um, with Chinese carriers. Uh, I wonder when we'll see that change. Um, but yeah, but right now there's China Postal Airlines, China Central, Longhao, uh, Shandong, JD and Tianjin Air Cargo and Central Airlines. So pretty uh, large group of carriers that in the, that country um, flying the type. And um, yeah, that's we will continue to see more of them heading into into China. To prevent I've you from <clears throat> droning on more about um, aircraft, let me drone on a little bit about drones. Um, th this week had, I, I think, one of the largest uh, drone stories um, ever, um, and that would be coming from Zipline. Zipline, of course, um, pioneered commercial drone delivery with medical deliveries in Africa. They've accumulated more than 500,000 miles uh, flown with their P1 drone. Um, the announcement this week, of course, being the unveiling of a P2 system. Now, this is a system that Zipline has designed from the bottom up to for integrators. Um, it includes a charging station um, and a deployable dro droid that will actually fly into um, a warehouse or a restaurant, wherever it's picking up its cargo, um, and then return to the, uh, the drone itself onto a charging station um, when it's at that point of distribution and then fly on and using that droid for that last mile delivery. Um, we're looking at a drone type with a slightly less um, capable range and speed, but increased payload capacity. Um, but the big story there is the amount of customers that they've already uh, received. Now, the zip line's already certified by the FAA to operate as commercial airline. So um, by the end of the year, we will be having um, Zipline um, and Dronamics operating as cargo airlines entirely with drones. Um, for the new P2 model, Zipline has already uh, acquired Michigan Medicine, the government of Rwanda, uh, American restaurant chain Sweetgreen, um, and I believe it's Intermountain Health, the Salt Bay Lake City-based uh, hospital chain. Um, Really terrific news. Um, congratulations to the folks at Zipline there. Um, Robert, uh, you, you, I, I, I just got got gone in from you. This is um, Zipline, of course, is a San Francisco based company. Uh, I believe you had some story about a Washington based company, Saltchuck. Uh, we most certainly do. We've had the pleasure of also sitting down with the CEO, Betsy Seaton at iStat. So we thank you first and foremost, Betsy, for spending time with us there. And just kind of got a good brief outline of their goals for fleet strategy planning for 2023. So um, they do not intend at the moment, as of now, to add any more 737-800s. However, uh, they do have feed stock in place to continue converting their 767-300s. Uh, and they will continue to disperse them based on customer need between the Aloha Air and the Northern Air cargo uh, AOCs. 
In addition to that, I think some interesting news that was coming out of their sector is they're just, uh, in addition to wanting to be more customer focused, recently, uh, back in December, acquired Alaskan-based Part 135 operator Ryanair. And Jeff will probably tell me I should have mentioned that first because we got to do current first and then older news later, but uh, I'll keep that in mind going forward. Um, so yes, they made this acquisition with the specific mindset of keeping all of their regional operations on the Part 135 certification and all of their narrow body and wide body operations on the Aloha Air and the Northern Air Cargo Certificates. Um, I thought that was some very insightful news there as they continue to evolve their market and uh, specify their mode of service to cater to their customers directly as they want to be more customer centric and um, focused on making sure that their product meets the needs of the operations uh, that they serve in the various regions throughout the Americas. So we're looking forward to seeing how that continues to unfold and develop and uh, looking forward to some more insightful news releases coming down the pipe from that organization. But I do want to reverse back real quick, just give me 30 seconds, and ask this very simple question. Gentlemen, Andrew and Jeff, do you see India not only as a bustling market, but the emerging market in the region? And who do you think is going to have the stronghold dominant freighter type in that airspace? Is it going to be Boeing or is it going to be Airbus? Because we know Prada just opened up with the A320. And of course, right now, people are evaluating the performance capabilities of that aircraft. But what are your thoughts on it? Which one do you think will be the dominant freighter type? Yeah, I mean, that's certainly an interesting question, right? Because um, like you said, we have Pradhan Air Express, but we also have uh, Indigo with two uh, A321 B2Fs. Uh, now we know that they're expecting more um, than just the two, um, and then with them being, uh, and you know, such a, a huge Airbus operator, uh, Airbus narrowbody operator, um, you know, we would that's not surprising. But then uh, you also actually have a very large seven three seven NG and Max passenger fleet um, in India and. Those airlines will uh, look more likely look to the 737 uh, conversions, right? And we already have uh, SpiceJet now. They they returned those two BCFs, but they um, have three 700 BDSFs. Uh, not quite sure what happened there, but um, yeah. And then you also have now Blue Dart. Um, we're on the about to get their their two. 800 BCFs, um, but yeah, I mean, I think certainly on the narrow body side, it's going to be pretty close. I think um, the question is if if or when we move from the narrow body side to the wide body, um, what are we going to see there? Um, you know, it is they don't have a wide body freight operator. Um, and, you know, we, will we ever see a wide body freighter operator is, I guess, the larger question. Well, I don't have the answer to these questions. I will say uh, if you wanted to get them answered, there's one place to go to, and that would be the Pan Pacific Singapore, April 17th or 19th, joining us for Cargo Facts Asia, which will bring together all the industry uh, experts and C-suite executives across major airlines and players 
uh, all over the world, but with a special focus on the Asia Pacific region, which I'm sure we can have certainly more lively conversation uh, there. Jeff, you mean to add something? Yeah, I wanted to, um, I didn't, I didn't mean to not mention um, QuickJet. I just didn't get to them yet. Um, they, yeah, I mean, they're the latest um, 737-800-BCF operator in the country. Um, of course, being affiliated with the ASL group, um, again, that's probably not surprising that they're um, doing, uh, well, they, they're using the 737-800 type. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, they uh, re started flying recently, um, and that's all for Amazon. Um, with their domestic operations in India, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw uh, more 737-800-BCFs uh, making their way to into the quick jet fleet. Um, and we there's also potentially uh, another new uh, operator that um, has been in the startup stage for a while, and um, they they were expecting to get their first um again the 737800 um i guess i think at the end of last year um we are trying to look into that and to follow up um on on the latest um with that startup but uh, more to come and on that that's going to be time for us to end for more multimedia content like this search cargo facts connect on itunes and spotify and search cargofacts.com Thank you very much for tuning in and join us again next time.